How great was that? What a win for your Washington football team over the hated Dallas Cowboys who entered the game as a favorite and I have no idea what Vegas was thinking with that line. Dallas was favored between two and a half to three and a half points depending on what site you looked at and this was a blowout. 25 to three. That is the lowest point total we've ever held Dallas to. An extremely comfortable game. The last game that was this comfortable that came to mind for me was in 2018, week one, when we beat the Arizona Cardinals 24 to six. This was before Kyler Murray was quarterback over there. It was Alex Smith's first ever game as quarterback of this team. We were up 24-0 in the fourth quarter, and then David Johnson ran in a consolation touchdown with under six minutes left, and they failed on their two-point conversion. But let's talk about this game. Let's talk about last Sunday. In the last episode, we talked about running the ball. Dallas cannot stop anybody, and that held true. Antonio Gibson had a breakout performance 20 carries for 128 yards and a touchdown, and he was practically escorted to the end zone, going essentially untouched from 12 yards out. Peyton Barber, we talked about him getting involved. He had 10 carries for 34 yards, and J.D. McKissick had 5 carries for 35 yards, along with 2 catches for 16 yards. We ran the ball 35 times with our running backs. And you know what that allowed us to do? It allowed our quarterback, Kyle Allen, to be himself, which is something else we talked about in last week's episode, and he was excellent. He was 15 of 25 for 194 yards and two touchdowns, a passer rating of 111.1, easily his best outing. One of his touchdowns was a beautiful deep ball to Terry McLaurin, who absolutely burned Trayvon Diggs for the 52-yard score. And the other one was to Logan Thomas from 15 yards out, who shed a tackle from Jalen Smith, linebacker for the Cowboys, scoring for the second straight game now. So Logan Thomas and Kyle Allen seem to have something going, and it is good. Absolutely love it. One of my favorite plays, though, from Kyle Allen was the third and nine scramble for a first down. We're already up by a bit, but he ends up rolling to his right, sheds a couple tackles, and then as he gets close to the camera when running out of bounds, gives a little shush, and I absolutely love that. I don't know who he was shushing in particular, but I just love the confidence he exuded in that moment. It gave you that feeling of this game is over, as if it weren't already. I'm still shocked at how easy that game against Dallas was, and the defense. The defense was everything as advertised. The very first third down of the game for Dallas, Andy Dalton was strip-sacked by Landon Collins, which resulted in a safety. Dalton Schultz was fortunate to be the first one to get on that ball and was then tackled immediately. That set the tone for the rest of the game. Andy Dalton, 9 of 19 for 75 yards and an interception, a passer rating of 36.1. Cole Holcomb was the one that had that interception, and it was deep in our own territory, so it was a clutch play. Well done, Cole. 
Andy Dalton was also sacked three times, and unfortunately, he was knocked out of the game by a vicious illegal hit from John Bostic on a bang-bang play. So it was difficult, but John could have done better there for sure. And he was lucky to avoid suspension. Ben DiNucci entered the game in relief for Andy Dalton and went two for three for 39 yards. He was also sacked three times. So the defense had six total sacks on the day. Absolutely beautiful performance. Amari Cooper had seven catches for 80 yards, but here's the beautiful thing about that. Their next leading receiver, Dalton Schultz, their tight end, two catches for 22 yards. The other two receivers we talked about, Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb being dangerous, zero catches. It was basically Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, and that's it for the passing game. And we shut the run down as well. Ezekiel Elliott, 12 carries for 45 yards. Tony Pollard, 8 carries for 16 yards. We outgained Dallas 397 to 142. Absolutely smoked them. We dominated time of possession, holding the ball for 36 minutes and 24 seconds. We went 9 for 15 on third down. That's always going to win you games. And Dallas went 3 for 12 on third down. The last time we beat Dallas by 22 or more points, December 18th, 2005. We won 35 to 7 to put both teams at 8 and 6 on the year. Mark Brunel was quarterback of the team. Chris Cooley. Six catches for 71 yards and three touchdowns. For you young kids growing up with Chris Cooley on the radio, he was a damn good tight end and H-back. A performance like that was not exactly out of the ordinary for Chris Cooley. He was a stud for the Washington Redskins, then known as the Washington Redskins. But again, back to last Sunday, an absolutely complete performance. Now, it was not without its negatives. From an injury standpoint... We've lost Landon Collins for the rest of the year. He tore his Achilles, and that is a big blow to the defense. He was a bit inconsistent, but he is a leader on that defense, and he played amazingly well on Sunday until he tore that Achilles. And Dustin Hopkins, he missed another field goal. Now, I know Ron Rivera backed him last week before the Dallas game, but it was a straight shot from 44 out, and he missed wide right, so... I don't know if any change is going to be considered during the bye week, but kicker, Dustin Hopkins, normally very reliable, might be a bit in his head at this moment in time. So that's something to monitor going forward. Up next for the Washington football team is a bye week, a much needed bye week. Now, of course, you'd rather play a game, I suppose, after beating Dallas 25 to three, but it's important to reevaluate for Kyle Allen to feel confidence for two straight weeks. This is good. Overall, the bye week coming right now is good. Allows the defense, Chase Young, to absorb the seven weeks he's had so far. Bye week is needed at this time. And we're going to host the New York Giants after the bye week. And fans will be allowed in a limited capacity. So that's very exciting news. And I'm curious to see how much of an impact the fans are going to make on the game moving forward. Hopefully it helps. Hopefully it helps. I think it'll actually be filled with Washington fans instead of opposing fans because of the limited capacity. So we're going to have true home games for the first time in quite a while. Very much looking forward to that. And finally, an NFC East standings update. Philadelphia's in first place at 2-4-1. They play Dallas on Sunday night. And if there was ever a time to root for Dallas, it's this Sunday because Ben DiNucci is at quarterback. And I don't think Dallas is going to be doing a whole lot in this division race. 
despite how weak it is. In second place, your Washington football team at 2-5. Once again, we have the bye week before hosting the New York Giants. The Dallas Cowboys are in third place at 2-5, and and they play Philadelphia, as said above, on Sunday night. And the New York Giants are at 1-6, and and they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night. That seems like it has blowout written all over it. If you've been following Tampa Bay recently, they're starting to find their groove. Tom Brady's looking good. That defense looks really, really good. Aaron Rodgers, MVP candidate, had no touchdowns and two interceptions against Tampa Bay. Lord knows what they could do to Daniel Jones. And speaking of Daniel Jones, that Philly New York Giants game was insane, but to run 80 yards, first off, Daniel Jones quick. I didn't realize how quick he is. That game was crazy, but when he held it on the QB read and then tripped over and fell, I mean, if that doesn't sum up this NFC East division, I don't know what does. That's going to conclude the Dallas-Washington recap. Up next, we're going to be getting into the State of the Union. This is a short episode, folks. There is no deep dive because we have no opponent next week. So this State of the Union is very soccer-centric. We're going to be talking about the Washington Spirit and D.C. United right now. As I said before, this is purely soccer for this week's State of the Union. Let's begin with the Washington Spirit women's soccer team here in D.C., They re-signed seven different players to two-year deals, and they were all announced yesterday. What a day for the Washington Spirit. Defender Tegan McGrady is the only one that signed a pure two-year deal, and the rest were all two-year deals with a club option for an additional year. Let's run through those six other players. Ashley Hatch, our starting forward, was one of them. Midfielders Dorian Bailey, Jordan DiBiase, and Bailey Feist. And defenders Sam Stab and Paige Nielsen. Those are the six players that signed the two-year deals with the club option for an additional year, with Tegan McGrady signing that pure two-year deal. This gives the Washington Spirit 10 players on multi-year deals now. So that future is secured. The other three players that did not sign yesterday but already had multi-year deals, Andy Sullivan, who has been capped by the U.S. Women's National Team, Ashley Sanchez and Aubrey Bledsoe, Those last two were in the United States training camp recently. So once again, the future looks bright for our Washington spirit. And now on to the men's team, DC United. They are on fire. And that is not something I was expecting to say this season. Everything was sluggish, slow. Players weren't playing well. Ben Olsen was out of ideas. But Chad Ashton has turned it around for this team. After beating FC Cincinnati last week 2-1, They went on to beat Atlanta United 2-1 and Columbus 1-0. Let's begin with that crazy Atlanta United game. Russell Knauss, who normally plays holding midfielder for the team, was actually playing center back. He scored a header off a free kick in the 77th minute to put us up 1-0. And we're on the road, so you love a late goal in a game on the road like that. But Atlanta would strike back. John Gallagher would respond with a header of his own in the 89th minute to level the hosts at 1-1. And this had draw written all over it at that point. Their fans over there in Atlanta and they were going crazy. And it just sort of felt like we got to hang on to this point. But DC United had one more idea in them. 92nd minute, the wonder boy himself, Kevin Paredes. Man, that kid is good. I just can't get over it. 
beat his defender down the line by faking a cross before cutting it back to Gelman Rivas, who absolutely roofed his shot into the net. How's that for your first ever MLS goal? That's right, Gelman Rivas' first ever MLS goal comes in the 92nd minute to win the game for DC United 2-1, and it was a beautiful finish. Onto the Columbus game, it did not hold the same drama as the Atlanta United game, and that's a-okay in my book. It was a very even game overall, with just a lone goal by Julian Gressel, who joined us from Atlanta United this past season, separating the sides in the 32nd minute. Nice finish inside of the box. Once again, the final score there being 1-0. That is nine points in their last three games, ladies and gentlemen. That is three straight wins now for Chad Ashton's men. Ten points in their last four. What a turnaround. All of a sudden, DC United, believe it or not, is in the playoff race. They are level on points with the final playoff team, Chicago, as well as Inter-Miami at 21 points. Chicago has a game in hand though, so we'll be rooting for them to lose there. There are only two games left for DC United and they are huge now. Up next, this Sunday, November 1st, the New England Revolution at 7.30 p.m. Once again, we play the New England Revolution on Sunday, November 1st at 7.30 p.m. The New England Revolution are winless in their last three, so this could be an opportunity to ride the momentum and grab three more points. There's no Washington football team this Sunday, so why not tune into that game once again Sunday, November 1st at 7.30 p.m. against the New England Revolution. And that is going to conclude this week's State of the Union. So as I said earlier, there is a bye week for the Washington football team this week. So there is no preview for a game. Just enjoy the bye week. Tune into that DC United game. I only said it three or four times already. It's a huge game. Tune into it and just enjoy your weekend, guys. Once again, this is District Divided. I'm your host, Amit Singh. If you like this week's episode and you like the podcast, please follow it on Twitter and Instagram at District Divided. And on Facebook, there is a page and group called District Divided. Please like and join respectively. I do this every Thursday. So just look forward to the next episode next Thursday. In the meanwhile, have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your Halloween. Hope you guys have some awesome costumes lined up. And Polly Polo, it's your time to shine. Do your thing, baby. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the capital is in me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me.